You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hi, this is Sarah, and I want to thank you so much for downloading this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs so we can lead a fulfilling, meaningful, and purposeful life. And all of us here at the No Labels, No Limits team really appreciate you walking alongside us on this journey of living without labels and limits because we believe without a doubt we are each individually and collectively capable of more than we even imagine. So this week is a continuation of our four-part series that we started last week to help you as leaders and folks people look to for guidance and direction to think through how to actually write size, get the right size, for your 2021 strategic planning process. Now, whether you are a startup, um, a very developed and experienced organization, after the year we've had last year, it is more important than ever to take stock of where you are right now and plan to go forward and recognize that those plans will change. In fact, plans um, that were really solid even eight or nine months ago need to be reviewed and checked and changed to fit where you are right now um, and just test the assumptions that were used to make that. So anyway, last week we actually started with talking about Clarify and that was around our leaders' clarifications about their own leadership goals and what they wanted to get um, to develop themselves through planning. So that planning wasn't just about creating a tool or a document, but really is a pathway forward for growing your leadership skills. So today we're talking about deciding, and this is specifically as it relates to your why and your who of a strategic planning process. So think about that. We want to know why we're planning and who we're engaging in our process. So we're going to talk about those two pieces today in more detail. Think about this, though. Peter Drucker, who is looked to as the management, quote unquote, guru, said one of the things that unless a commitment is made, there are only promises and hopes, but no plans. So what that means is we need a plan that has buy-in from all parties involved. And that means your, your internal team, who you work with day-to-day, -day, or if you work with um, outsourced staff, those as well. It means your board, if you have a nonprofit organization or you have an advisory board for your startup or other business. 
And it also means getting buy-in from your communities and the clients and people that you serve. The size and the depth of involvement will depend on your level of development or your current state of existing as an organization. But the reality is that the clarity to communicate begins with you as the leader before you begin to even start talking about planning or sharing that with others. You need to be really clear. And I can say that from more than 20 years of working with nonprofits and public agencies as well, and then on smaller basis with startup businesses, um, each of those wanted to develop a different type of plan. I can affirm for you that everyone that was, that was successful, especially as a planning project, began with setting and communicating clearly the objectives for the planning process, and then connecting that to the people on the team and who would be involved in making decisions throughout the process. So today I'm gonna to talk to you about four different pieces of deciding. One is the very specific task of setting clear objectives or your statement or statements of planning purpose. Then we wanna talk about setting parameters, your approach for creating the plan the overall time frame, um, how deep it will go, who's involved, all of that piece. And then even going further to think about who you want on your planning team and in your planning process. And then the little icing on the cake is really being ready to invite your team, your internal team that's gonna help you create the plan um, to the planning party, because without a clear invitation, people just don't know when to show up and how to dress and what to wear and what to expect. And really, we're starting with your planning team. This is not even the planning meetings. So let's, let's go dive into talking about the objectives or your statement for planning purpose. So this really is about answering the question about what you expect to be different. And when I work with clients, whether I, they call and ask, hey, I'm trying to accomplish X, Y, and Z, and I need you to help me, I always ask some variation of this question, which is when this is all said and done and you have been super successful on achieving whatever the, you're trying to do, um, what will be different? Because sometimes we think that how we need to do something um, we have an idea in our head of what that needs to look like, but when you actually have to describe what you expect to be different as a result, you will find that it drives your process and it informs your approach to just about everything within that project. And it also helps you be really clear about what to include and what to just not pay attention to at the time. So let me give you some examples of a really just some different examples of objective statements. So I'm gonna tell you about the, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you the name of the organization, but these are actually existing true organizations that I've worked with over the past 20 years in doing planning. And one of the things that um, I thought I would do is pull some of their objectives, but also tell you a little bit about the age of the organization about and what stage of development they were in. So this one organization really had been around at this point 
and this is still a few years back when I did this work with them, they were about 25 years old, so very established, known in their community. But here were the objectives for their planning. And you'll, if you listen to these, you will hear as I share with you some others, the difference between what folks were looking for. So here we are at 25 years old. This organization has um, grown both in the scope of services, the budget size, the number of staffing, their locations, right? And they have become um, identified as a leader in their field, both within the state and regionally, and, and is moving that direction nationally as well. So here the objectives were for them. They wanted to assist, I'm sorry, they wanted to assess their community and constituent needs related to short and midterm strategies. So basically, they knew some of their short and midterm priorities they had assumed as an organization, but they wanted to go out and test those with the community and the people who look to them for policy and direction. They wanted to identify and prioritize trends and opportunities and effective strategies or best practices to address the underlying causes of what they are about solving in the world. So that's identify and prioritize, right? That includes then some research and data. Then they wanted to strengthen their um, position within that particular state and region for the purpose of increasing their sustainability. So their ability to guarantee they'd be around coming into the future. And they also wanted to link best practices to policymakers and other experts from a number of disciplines, so cross-discipline work to inform their planning activities. So those are very specific objectives that told me as their consultant and person going alongside them, they needed these things achieved at the end of planning, not just a planning document, but they needed these pieces involved in planning, right? Okay, so contrast that with a program operating in a rural area of a state. They're spread out actually over multiple counties, but they are a federally directed and funded initiative. So their objectives basically are to make sure that they accomplish what they're funded to do and to make sure that they are in good standing. They had two objectives for their planning. One was to assist the board and staff to set the agency direction for the next one to two years and provide tools for tracking, measuring, and reporting results. So that tells you right there, they have a recognition that their board and staff now need to level up based on changing directions. And they're only looking for a short planning horizon given who's directing the pro project. They also have an objective of providing tools and support to both of those teams to address the prioritized items in a quality improvement plan. So they'd already had some recommendations for things to change, but they knew that their staff and their board needed tools and supports to understand and implement those tools. So that was part of their whole planning piece to demonstrate and use tools that then they could leverage. So that's a standalone organization as was the first one. 
But listen to how the objectives change when you talk about a regional collaboration of standalone organizations. So they're all independent. They rely on one another for better leveraging of results. They cover a pretty big geographic area, but diverse. Some of them are suburban, some are urban, um, and some are very rural. And they had three specific objectives to accomplish through their planning process. In addition, so this is all in addition to coming out with a strategic plan at the end, right? But this is a, these are three specific objectives. One was to identify what changes in the corporate structure, what those changes that were coming would have for the organization itself, this collaboration organization, and to its key stakeholders, as well as any future potential partners. They wanted to determine what aspects of the corporation they wanted to maintain as they go forward and in what areas they wanted to make changes and then how to drive those changes. Very specific. And they wanted to be able at the end of it to articulate the benefits each of the counties in the partnership could expect to receive from participating in an association of this region, regional directors. So yes, they would come out with a plan, but these were very specific objectives that also told me how they expected to use the plan going forward. So what I would do for them or what I did do in fact for them was very different than I did for the one who needed to have tools and coaching for their board and staff. And then one more of these, which is a statewide initiative. So now this, it's a statewide initiative. It's for special populations. It is supported by the state infrastructure wise. So the backbone and making sure that they've got some tools and resources are there, but they are also needing to conform to open meeting laws in a different way. And to make sure that at the end of it, the, what comes out of it really is benefiting a broader constituency of the folks. They had three very specific objectives for their planning process. One was to explore and confirm the most pressing needs of individuals who are affected um, by their specific conditions through a positive, inclusive, and productive process. So right there, just those three words right there inform how meetings are designed, the conversations that are had, and then what comes out of them. Their second objective is to establish a five-year plan that they would use to guide them and the governing body in responding to those specific needs, not other needs, but those specific needs identified by their constituents. And then they needed a framework included in that would allow them that would allow them to measure their progress in meeting those goals and objectives. So those are very different. Now I will tell you that last statewide initiative had been around for a long time. It had also kind of fallen apart a little bit with um, some folks transitioning off and changes in leadership um, and some folks just feeling disengaged. So that all, knowing all of that also just help define how to move through the planning process. So think about that 
and think about where your organization is in terms of its own development. And if you are really um, tight and a small organization and you know that you have a specific purpose for planning, that's what you wanna do at this time. Answer the question, when we are done planning and assume you have a good outcome from your planning, just make that assumption, what will be different? What do you want to be different about um, how people feel, what they think, what they're able to do, their engagement level, whatever it means for you, you want to think about that. The next piece we want to talk, think about is your parameters or your approach for creating the plan. Now, when you think about right-size planning, you can think, uh, and each of those examples that I gave you, their budgets went from anywhere from maybe eight grand to do a pretty complex process, way up to five or six times that to do a, a little more complex and even more than that to do a really complex project with a lot of research um, and data gathering. So rather than thinking necessarily about how much do you want to do in the beginning, you want to think about what are your parameters for creating the plan. And you want to think about this even if you intend to outsource this work. So even if you wanted to hand this off to a consultant, and this happens often, someone will come and say, hey, uh, we need a strategic plan and we need your help to do that. I will still ask these questions almost always of the executive director. Sometimes it will be the board chair. Um, and more rarely, it'll be someone second in command who has been asked to take a lead in the planning process. But I asked the questions that I just went over with you about objectives, what they expect to be different. Then I asked questions about, which are basically parameter questions, right? So you need to ask these of yourself. How much time do we have to devote to this? Um, do we need the plan sooner? You know, like, are we on some kind of time crunch for whatever reason? Maybe you're under an audit and you have to have a plan really soon. Um, or maybe because your board and the people you need involved have limited time, you need to stretch your meetings out over a larger amount of time so that you have time in between to prepare. Each situation will be different. But what you want to do is think through your parameters. How much time will it take? How much time can we put actually into meeting together? So now some organizations like to do really long uh, full day planning retreats, right? You get everything prepared, you do your research, you bring things in and you, this is pre-pandemic when we're all in a room together. Hopefully we'll be doing that again because it's super fun. Um, but you can also, there are workarounds that you can do this for remote as well, but they're just longer meetings where you're covering multiple things in one or two, or depending on the complexity of the plan, three days, maybe more. Um, you can also do it in shorter bursts where you're doing it as part of other existing meetings. But what you're wanting to make sure is that you know as an organization how much time and resources, and I'm talking both financial as well as staff resources you can devote to planning. How much time away from other activities? Do you have volunteers who can help you? If you don't have staff, you can help you. But you wanna think about those parameters and that will help you stay within your parameter budget, so to speak. Um, 
So if you have parameters that say, I need this plan done in six months, we can meet four or five times for three or four hours at a shot to do that. They need to be on a Friday or a Saturday because of my board, or they need to be in the evenings, or they need to be in multiple languages. All of those things are what you're wanting to identify for your parameters. You want to think through, do you need to make um, special arrangements so that folks who need to get information in a different format have time to get that? So you think through those things and you write them down. It doesn't have to be pretty, but you need to know those things. Once you have your parameters, then what you want to do is think through your who is going to help you on your planning team and in your planning process. Now, going back to what I said about if you think that you are going to outsource all of this, that's great. You have now created your work order. You said this is what I expect to have done by the end of it, my clear objectives, our statement of planning purpose. Here's your parameters. You have so much time. These are the people we need involved. These are their limitations or constraints in terms of meeting and time. And here's our budget for that. But let's just say you're doing it all in-house because I actually believe that even if you have someone come from the outside to help facilitate, the more you can learn and understand these parts, the more you can own the plan throughout the year. And that's one of the purposes of knowing this is so that you can own the plan and everybody uses it and embraces it as you go forward. And we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. So you want to think about who do you need on your planning team? So these are the folks who are working with you to plan, to help carry it out, to facilitate, to do research, prepare documents, all of that in advance of actually convening people. And then who do you need in your planning process? And that will be people who actually show up at the meeting, so your board, your staff, um, to talk through the information, the data to make decisions and recommendations. It may also include community members or volunteers. That's really going to be up to you and your organization. But you want it to be representative and you want it to be inclusive of different voices. I think where, where I have seen it be um, challenging for folks is they want it to go fast and they want it to be Simple, no conflict, no disagreements of opinion about how to proceed. And you can absolutely do that, but you will end up with you'll end up with a pretty plan. You can have a great document that looks and reads good, but it will be one in which you may end up being the only person who carries the torch for that plan because it's basically um, kind of put through. So you want to think though about okay, if we're going to really roll this plan out depending on the purpose of your organization or what you're trying to accomplish, who do I need in the room so that we have the best minds thinking on this together and I can make sure through my planning team and through research and documentation before we ever get in a room together to put our pooled brains, um, who's going to best serve our organization to help us achieve our mission and vision. And let's think about the planning team first. You don't need a big team. I wouldn't have a team of more than maybe five people. They can get other people as they go and roll out. But you want to think about who is really strong and can help you think about strategy, logistics. You need to know your own strengths. 
but look for folks who complement you and fill in around the gaps for you when it comes to meeting, planning, preparing, all of that. Pull that team together, just write it down. And what roles do you think they would best play? Are they really organized? Do they love to communicate? Do they um, create great communication tools or PowerPoints? Are they super good on remote meetings so that they can engage people? Um, whatever works for you, think about them and the specific qualities they have and what they already bring to your organization. Then look at that same list again and say, who might I be missing? Who doesn't have a, an official title per se, but boy, when they show up, they bring it. Think about them and put them down on your team. That's your one list. Then I want you to think about who else. And this can be a short list, but you've got your board of directors if you're a nonprofit and they must be part of your planning process. They are your governing body and they need to be involved because it is their fiduciary responsibility to make sure that a plan exists um, and they need to approve it ultimately. So you have your board of directors, you may have your volunteers or constituents, the people who consume and use your services to be part of planning. And once you have that list, think about the roles that you want them playing. Are they people you want in the room when you're planning? Are they people you want to interview and find out more deeply what are their insights, their ideas? Are they people you want to take a survey? So you think through the roles for those folks and you, you write those down. So let's back up just a second. At this point, you have clear objectives for why you're planning and what you expect to be different. You have your parameters for planning. So your right-sized approach. And now you know who you need on your planning team and in your planning process. The last thing that I want you to think about at this stage is inviting your internal team to the planning party. Now, if you're gonna outsource this, this is at the point at which you would look for a consultant, um, whether it's a paid consultant or a volunteer person to actually be your project lead and get you through this process. But if you've got your internal team, that's where you take that list of your planning team and their roles, and you basically invite them to the party. You tell them the benefits, you share your objectives, the overall planning thing and your idea for how they could be involved and what you're hoping they would bring to the party, their special sauce that they would use to help really inform your strategic planning process. And then at that point, you've got your team and now you and your team can go forward into the next step, which is actually going into the design phase, which has a other moving pieces that I'll talk to you about in the next episode. So let me just review what we've talked about today. We've talked about setting clear objectives and your statement of planning purpose, why you want a strategic plan, who the users of the plan will be, and what you expect to be different as a result of the planning process. You have your parameters, how long it's going to take to create your plan, your cost parameters, if you have resources about staff being involved, all of that has been bullet pointed so you know what your parameters are for planning. You know who will be on your planning team and who will be in your planning process 
and you know the specific roles that you want them to play. And you've invited your team to the planning party. So you have your organizing team or your core planning team together at this point. So that's it. So thank you for listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And remember that planning is important because if you can't lead and you're not clear, it's really hard for people to stay engaged and want to help you create and achieve your mission and vision. So planning and communicating, that's important. So thanks for listening, like I said, to the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And if you found value in this, please share this episode with someone else who is talking about planning or just wants some ideas about planning. We hope that you will help us to share the message of hope and possibility through intentional and inspired action. And if you're thinking that, hey, you want more of this in a more tangible way, we're recording this in January of 2021. At the end of this month on January 25, we'll be opening up our free five days to stress the planning challenge. So that's called the five days to stress-free planning challenge. Um, And it's free. Like I said, every day there'll be a short lesson that goes out. And then there'll be also a short live call where you can hop on with questions after you've done the lesson. And we can talk through some more specifics about how to address your questions, the kinds of things that come up there. And if you want to join us, we'd love to see you. You can find that challenge opt-in at bit.ly. So it's bit.ly forward slash five-day planning challenge. And it's the number five day planning challenge. So bit.ly forward slash five-day planning challenge. And that will take you right to a sign-up page. And you'll get clicked to a link and you can join our challenge Facebook page. So anyway, I hope to see you next week when we talk in more detail about the next phase of designing your strategic planning process. We appreciate you and look forward to talking with you soon. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.